hand to the Lord here in this place. Come on, can we lift up our hands just one more time? And while your hands are lifted, why don't you lift up your voice with those hands and begin to magnify the Lord in this house? Come on, I want to ask the church who in this place has victory in the Holy Ghost. If you've got victory in the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to open up your mouth and begin to magnify Him. Hallelujah. If He's been good to you, you ought to shout in this place. If He's ever touched your body, if He's ever touched your mind, I wish right now you'd lift up your hands and let out a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost here in this place right now. Why don't you lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder if it's appropriate for a few moments and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Don't take me the wrong way, but I want to be brief in my preliminaries. I love this church. I honor Pastor and Sister Voskis, Bishop Wilson, First Lady Wilson. I give them high honor in this place to all the ministry, to the praise and worship team in the media. You always do an awesome job. I love this church. And um, I'm not a stranger here, and it's not just because I've preached here a lot, but these, these group of people here today are my family, and I love you, and I appreciate each and every one of you. And I'm so honored to have been given the opportunity to come again and to preach this wonderful church. So I give you all honor today. I want to share something with you. I don't usually do this because I I do not seek pity. I'm not going to do that. I don't desire that. But this week has been a very hard week for me and my wife before I tell this story, I want to give her high honor today. We've been married for about a little over three months. She is my best friend in the whole world. And I'm honored to have her with me, not only as my helper, but as my best friend and a prayer warrior. She is my leaves of God. She won't tell you that. I'm honored to have her with me here today. But it had been a very hard week for us. We've had things come up financially and just a lot of things unexpected. I, I was not going to give credit to the devil. I'm still not. I'm blaming it on him. This morning we got up. We was going to leave. We got up extra early. Going to come to church and pray for a while before service. As soon as we get up, I wrestled all night. I, I barely slept. Had nightmares. The enemy fighting my mind throughout the night. You ever wake up, you sleep. Full night's rest, but... You wake up feeling like you just worked a 12-hour shift at work. I battled in my, my spirit all night. I woke up, and I was tired, and I got dressed. We got ready, and we get on the road. Boom, two flat tires. Going down the road, two flat tires, and we were, we were frustrated. We, were, we had a spare, but we didn't have two spares. Was, you couldn't patch the other one, you know. And so the enemy has been fighting us. We do not say that lightly, but... That makes me excited because I was telling this dear brother a little bit about it this morning, but I just knew if I could make it to the house of the Lord, we are going to give the devil a very, very bad day because the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And like the prophet said, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon somebody, 
It can break yokes. It can heal wounds. It can set the captive free. And if you believe that, I wish right now you'd exercise the Holy Ghost that God has put in your body right now and begin to lift up your voice and let the Holy Ghost language begin to pour out of you. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15 and 16. We're going to go chapter 15, verse 55, excuse me. And the word says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. I want us to pray one more time, pray over the remainder of this service. Jesus, Lord, right now, God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. God, right now, you touch the minds, God, of all the people in this place, all the saints, sinners alike, God, to the first-time guests. God, I pray, Lord, you'd pour your spirit out. God, I pray conviction in the Holy Ghost, God, would fall on the hearts, God, of your people. Let them be pricked in their heart, Lord. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, that the gospel of Christ, God, would be represented in a manner. Oh, God, that would be in the sight of men, God, compelling, God. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, that your anointing would begin to flow and break yokes, God, and set the captive free. Compel, God, those who have not repented, God, to repent. Compel those who have not been baptized in Jesus' name to be baptized in Jesus' name. And before we leave, God, God, I pray you'd feel everyone, God, that does not have the Holy Ghost from the top of their head down to the soles of their feet. Can we just worship and magnify him just for a few more moments in this house? Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. I do not have a title today. Just want to preach to you for a few moments if that's all right. For my opening text that I have started reading to you all today, very popular, quoted many times, has been preached thousands of times. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Notice with me in verse 56, the sting of death is sin. When I read that, and I read that phrase, the sting of death, I have a visible picture in my mind of a snake or a scorpion injecting its poison into its prey. And I see that many times it could be applicable in our lives. Sin has come and has stung humanity. Since the very beginning, when God created man and humanity began to inhabit the earth, we find that mankind had fell short of the glory of God. And Adam and Eve were stung by sin, stung with iniquity, stung by their mule-like nature 
that is unsubmitted and rebellious to the holy things of God. Verse 56 also says, and the strength of sin is the law. I want to remind you, brothers and sisters, that that law that the Word speaks of is of that which is spoken in the Old Testament. Holy law is the correct morality that we were to live by and to walk by. The law of God. But when humanity was stung by sin, when they were stung by iniquity, and the curse came upon man, woman, and child, man could no longer yield to God's holy law. It was impossible in the flesh for a man to live that which was not contrary to the law. Men had no power. In the beginning, God gave man power and authority over every beast, over every creature, over all the fowl of the air. But when sin came into the life of man and of woman, Brother Coleman, men could no longer yield to the law of the Lord, seeing that their condition that God created them in had been perverted. It is the agenda of the enemy and sin to pervert the image of God. We, my brothers and sisters, were created in that holy image. But when sin stung us and when the adversary had thought he had destroyed our very lives, the Bible says in verse 57, but thanks be to God which give us, us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When sin had come to bring death upon humanity, when sin had come to destroy the lives of all God's people and all those God had chose to inhabit the earth, the Bible says that there was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world and that lamb would bring life and that lamb would bring liberty and that lamb would defeat the law of sin and death. Excuse me here for a few moments if I just preach it plain. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. My brother and my sister, there's going to be a price that we're going to have to pay if we don't yield to the law of the Spirit. Because you have sin, because you've fallen short, because you have infirmity in your life, now sin is going to cost you. And it's going to cost you your life. The wages of sin is death. My brother, there's a price you're going to have to pay if you are not in Christ. Sister, there's going to be a price to pay if you're not in Christ. But there is an antidote. There is a remedy. There is something that we can do to veto that wage. Hallelujah. The new, I feel the Holy Ghost. The New Testament says that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And that advocate was none other than Jesus Christ. God manifested 
in the flesh. God being holy, God being righteous, sin cannot dwell in his presence. If I quote it right, Elder Carson, you pull me by my coattail if I'm wrong. The Bible says the heavens are not clean before God. God is rich in mercy. And the Bible says that he became sin that knew no sin. We were too oh, we were too unholy to become like him. We were too dirty to be like him. We were too filthy to be like him. But the Bible says God in all his glory and God in all his mercy and God in all his righteousness humbled himself and subjected himself to the law of humanity and began to walk among men and to walk among sinners. Can I tell you, when Jesus died, it was the love of God. God exemplified. Can I tell you, he paid the wage of sin. He paid the wage of your addiction. He paid, oh my God, he took your price. He took your blame. And as the nails were in his hands, he paid the cost. I don't know any other way to preach it. I could preach anything to you today. But Paul said, I preach Christ and I preach him crucified. Brother, the Bible says, if we have not the spirit of Christ, we are none of his. And if we be baptized into Christ, we have put on Christ. And we become heirs, joint heirs with Jesus into the kingdom of God. There is a way. To escape that sting. There is a way to escape that second death. There is a way and there is a remedy. Hold with me for just a few moments. The first fall we ever see from glory was not humanity. We read an account in Revelation. John said, Behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning. The same Satan that provoked Adam and Eve to fall and to fall into sin also fell himself. And when Satan fell, the Bible says he fell because he lifted himself high above the throne of God, wanting to be like the Almighty. He had gotten prideful in his spirit. And the Bible says that because of his pride, he fell. I want to tell somebody here in this place, it is my opinion that the root of sin, what causes sin, is a root of pride. Thinking, well, I can do this and I'll be okay. I don't really need the, I can do this and I know I can come back to church. Pride. Thinking that you're a match for sin. Thinking, I don't need God. I can come back whenever I need God. That's pride. 
And the same way that the devil lifted himself up or tried to exalt himself above the kingdom of God. Can I tell you when Satan came to the garden of Eden and he began to speak in the ears of Adam and Eve. He began to speak and try to turn their heart and provoke them to pride. He's afraid if you eat this, you'll be like him. He was trying to pervert their heart to become prideful. That's why the Bible says that pride goeth before the fall. And that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. If we want to escape the sting of sin, I'm sorry, but I've been given specific instruction today. I've got to crush your stinking pride. The Holy Ghost began to speak to me this week and he began to lay on me in prayer that many of us have a spirit of pride on us. Can I tell you, what before God found you, you were nothing. Before God found you, you were strung out and you were addicted and perverted. But it's in the presence of God where he restores and he heals. Hey, Bubba, you're nothing without him. Hey, sister, before he found you you were selling yourself trying to make a living but thanks be to God that give us the victory through our Lord and Jesus Christ you want to walk in that victory hey Jesus did it you didn't do it he did it uh, he began to lay on me many times, especially in ministry. Us preachers, we begin to let a spirit of pride come on us, and we not even realize it. Can I tell you, today we need to humble ourselves. Today we need to lower ourselves. Let me remind you, brother. Let me remind you, sis, on the praise team or preacher on the platform, we were nothing before he found us. Paul said, he was educated by the smartest men. He had all the degrees. He had the perfect vernacular, the perfect speech. And he said, I counted all the loss. There was nothing for him to be proud of. And the, I don't know why I'm hitting on this, but I feel this in the Holy Ghost. The book of Jeremiah says, Let not a mighty man... Brother Sergio, glory in his might. Neither let a wise man glory in his wisdom. But let he that glorieth, glorieth in this. He that understandeth and knoweth me. We want to walk mighty in the spirit. And we read all the right books. But we don't really want to know it. You know what our problem is in the apostolic movement? We want to look it, but we don't want to know him. I feel the Holy Ghost told me, hallelujah, it could be the same preacher and it could be the same singer that's dragged to a devil's hell, the same as a prostitute and the same as an alcoholic. If we don't humble ourselves and say, I want to know him, I want to know. 
We need to humble ourselves today before the glory of God. The Bible says in, I believe it's 1 Chronicles, Satan provoked David to number the people. Satan provoked David to become prideful. David, the man of God, David, who was a seer of things to come, David, that knew the voice of God, that knew what it was like to see God give him victory after victory after victory, yielded to the voice of pride. Number your army, David. See how many mighty men you have. See and count all the warriors throughout all the kingdom. David forgot God gave him the victory. David forgot it wasn't the mighty men and it wasn't the horses and chariots and it wasn't the swords and the spears and it wasn't the shields and the thousands of men but it was God that gave him the victory. And it said when David become, became prideful that God spoke to his prophet and began to tell him, David, this has displeased me. You have three. You have three punishments you can pick from. And God, the Bible said, after he had spoke to David, God sent an angel with the sword and it began to slay the people in the land. Not David. Not the dude who did it. Innocent people. David's sin seemed to bring consequence to everybody except him. How many times, I know I'm preaching to somebody now, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Many of you in here in this place, or maybe not many, there's a few of you. Your addiction, you haven't seen do anything to you yet other than you're addicted. But it's not affecting you like it, you see it affecting those around you. And many of you that are addicted, you come to this altar and you say, God, why are you making my family go through this? They haven't done this. They haven't wrought this great sin. They haven't done it. But David said once he saw God sending the angel, destroying all the people, he said, God, what are you doing? These sheep, these innocent sheep, they haven't done anything. I wrought this evil. I and when we become prideful and when we fall into the snare of the devil and we fall into sin, if it, oh, it might not manifest in you, but you'll see it affect other people. You'll see other people begin to fall. You'll see other people begin to stumble. Can I tell somebody here in this place? Oh, that angel with the sword, God began to speak to me. It represents the sting of sin. When, uh, when man broke holy law in the Old Testament, it was punishable by death. You had no scapegoat. You had no advocate. You had no all-sufficient sacrifice. You had no Jesus Christ that died on a cross. There was no way to escape the sting of sin. The sting of sin is judgment because we, humanity, have broken God's holy law. Am I all right? The Bible says the Lord repented. Excuse me, just a moment. God spoke to Gad again. 
David's prophet and said, go purchase that land from Ornan. I believe he was a Jebusite. And David went and purchased this land. This is in the same story. And when David purchases this land, God is calling for a sacrifice. And Ornan, it said he had four sons, I believe, and Ornan and all his children were watching this angel kill everybody. And they were scared and trembling. And it said that Ornan was threshing wheat. He was working. I promise you I'm going somewhere. And while he's working, David, conscious of his sin, he knows he is the reason that all these people have been paying for this. He sinned. He messed up. He knew it. And the Bible says that he goes and he starts to talk to Ornan and he says, David, king, he said, take what, what is reasonable. Take what is pleasing in your sight. Take this land. Take the threshing floor. Uh, he said, take oxen and the cattle for the sacrifice. And David said, no, no, no. Ornan was going to give it for free. Ornan was just going to hand it to David. But David said, no, I will pay thee the full price. David had an understanding that his sin was going to cost him something. Your sin, you may not see it yet. Uh, you may not have seen it right now. You may see it in your kids, though. You may see it in your grandkids. You may see it in your great-grandkids. or your. Oh, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a price you're going to have to pay for it. He paid him 600 shekels of gold. And he handed that to him, and David purchased this place. And it said that David got on his knees and laid this sacrifice on the altar and sacrificed it full of sin. And when he did, the fire consumed and fell on the altar and consumed the sacrifice, showing God's approval. When the sacrifice had been made, then the fire fell. I want to tell some people in this place, maybe you're new, maybe you're a first-time guest. Maybe you're going through a discipleship program and you're not really new to Pentecost or not really new to this. Can I tell you something? When you repent, you have an advocate. When you are forgiven, God will pour that same fire that fell on Ornan's altar. And it can fall on you. And that fire is a sign of God's approval. That fire. You may not understand what I'm talking about. But in the New Testament when Jesus died. It was symbolic to David sacrificing on that altar. When Christ died on the cross at Calvary. Now God had purchased something. As David purchased. As David purchased that parcel of ground, the Bible says in the New Testament, we were purchased with God's blood. Ornan's threshing floor represented the church that Christ bought with his own blood. And when Christ stretched his arms open wide, realized he wasn't dying for his own sin. He was dying for somebody else's sin. 
in the same way David's sin was killing those around him. Our sin put him on the cross. Oh, is this too pre-K? Oh, God have mercy. Don't let your heart be so calloused that you can sit through the preaching of the cross and be unmoved. I'm not here to rebuke an elder, and I know I'm not an over, I'm not your pastor, but can I tell you, it's the preaching of the cross that saves the soul of man. And yeah, we can have a man come up here and prophesy, and we can have a man flow in the gifts. Baby, let me tell you, those gifts can't save you. They can edify the body. I'm going to tell you what's going to save you. The preaching of the word and what Jesus did and the power of the Holy Ghost. I feel this on me right now. Gifts can edify, but God brings salvation. When Christ died, my brother, he died in your place. He took the sting of sin. He took the sword of the angel. And when he oh, when he got on that altar, the Bible said he took, oh, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. The sting of sin was no longer to be on your life. The sting of sin couldn't kill you. It couldn't drag you to a devil's hell. Hallelujah. We need to empty ourselves today of our pride. What Jesus did on the cross was a perfect example of selflessness in his pride and humanity. His flesh could have spoke. I'm God Almighty. Who are you to tell me and mock me? Having done miracles, having doing great signs, walked among men, came into his own, and his own received him not. He could have lifted up his voice in the humanity. I'm God. But no, he subjected himself. Can I tell you something? If Christ killed his pride, good God, you can't be saved if you don't kill your pride. It don't matter how good we can preach. It don't matter how good of a soul winner we even. It don't matter how effective your evangelism is. Can I tell you? Pride goes before the fall. We can escape the sting of death. I know I sound repetitive. This is a word I have to preach. The sting of death was removed when we become in the body of Christ. In the New Testament, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he's preaching to people that just killed Jesus. That just put him on the cross and put the nails in his hands. Drove the nails in his feet. The Bible says when we sin in the book of Hebrews, we crucify Christ afresh. So in other words, you put him on there. Brother Hughes put him on there. Brother Austin and Brother Barber. Brother Hughes, Brother Barber. 
Every man that has ever sinned put him on the cross. He may have not been there physically, but in eternity. In the balance of time, you crucified him. And Peter is preaching to people that have sin in their life and they're under the law of sin and they're going to have to pay a price. And Peter says, after they were pricking in their heart, Peter just said, this Jesus Christ, he was, he was man and Lord. He was God and flesh. And you crucified him. And when Peter spoke that, they were pricking and they were convicted in their heart. Their pride fell apart. When their pride died, you may tell you what happened. Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The baptism in the name of Jesus Christ was the only thing that could remove the sting of death on humanity. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ makes the angel put the sword back in his sheath. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ stops the sacral, it stops the death, and it stops hell. And he said, and when you do this, your sins are remitted. All the sins, the sting of death, the taste of eternal damnation. You no longer have to drink from that cup. Can I tell you, brother and sister, if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, it's the only thing that can help you escape out of a devil's hell. I know you got to receive the Holy Ghost, and I'm getting there in a few moments, but you cannot be in Jesus if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible said when he said that They repented and they were baptized And they began to lift up their hands And the Bible says and suddenly There came a sound after the Holy Ghost fell Oh there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind And it filled all the house where they were sitting When the angel finally sheathed the sword Death said I can't put my hand on him The death angel couldn't put his hand on him The arms of hell and the grass of hell when Pentecost came and they were baptized and they received the power of the Holy Ghost, he defeated death, he defeated hell, and he defeated the grave. You can call me old-fashioned, but baptism is still right. In Jesus' name is the only way to be saved. You got to speak in tongues. You got to receive the Holy Ghost. It's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way. Hallelujah. And they all begin to speak another. Can we lift up our hands and let the Holy Ghost begin to flow out? Ibra maha kasando konoko pamendi mama kato. 
I feel the Holy Ghost. Can we yield to the Holy Ghost here in this place? Oh, the supernatural power of God's Spirit is moving all across this sanctuary right now. Hallelujah. Can we be a little bit untraditional? Come on, can we be a little unorthodox and begin to walk in the flow of the Holy Ghost? You can look at me if you want to and miss your miracle. But if you need something from the Lord right now, you can lift up your hands and begin to let the Holy Ghost flow in this place right now and the supernatural power of God can begin to move. Hallelujah. Can we all stand here in this place? Jesus, the Lord spoke to me. No, you're not supposed to say that. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me on the way here. I don't say that lightly. The Holy Ghost spoke to me on the way here, and I couldn't feel a thing. I was frustrated. I'd had a long day. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And the Lord said he... It was the intention of his heart to let his eternal weight of glory, to let his glory fall. And he wanted to wrought peculiar miracles. And he was ready to fill people with the Holy Ghost. And he was ready to bring unity back to the body. Hallelujah. You have to forgive me. I feel the Holy Ghost told me. Hallelujah. If you need a miracle from God right now, can you come to the front? Hallelujah. If you want to be prideful, that's okay. You can miss your miracle. Hallelujah. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. There's been somebody seeking the Holy Ghost for a while, several months, and you want the Holy Ghost. If that's you, will you please come to the front? God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. Forgive me, but it sounds really dead in this church right now. Can we lift up our voice and please be apostolic for a minute? I'm sorry, but your pastor shouldn't have to pump and prime you to pray. You've supposed to have been off the milk a long time. Come on, can we pray in the Holy Ghost? Can we begin to talk to the Lord here in this place right now? I promise you, I'm not brass, but if you want to move with the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to push past your flesh. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Keep on praying. Keep on, I feel to speak this so. Keep on praying. Keep on praying, pushing the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost is the law of God in our hearts. The law of the flesh, we weren't holy enough to keep the law. But the Holy Ghost spoke through his prophet that he was going to speak through his new people with a new tongue. And he was going to write his law on their hearts. Can I tell you, when you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God is giving you the power in your spirit. He's putting his spirit in you to give you the power to overcome the sting of sin if you're addicted. Can I tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost that the Holy Ghost looses you from the bondage of the law of the flesh. 
it looses you out of the hands of hell. Hallelujah. Felt in the Holy Ghost right now. Keep on praying. If you're having problems with your hip, if you have, excuse me, I believe there's somebody right now in the Holy Ghost, you have hip dysplasia. I, I, I don't even know really what that is. But I'm if you'll come to the front, God wants to heal somebody in your hip. Come on, don't stare at me like I'm crazy. If you're apostolic, this ought not be abnormal. But God's about to pour his healing out all over this building right now. I know I'm a young man, but I believe that when the Bible says the young nameless man could carry the oil, when the prophet Elisha died, he gave the oil to the young man, and the young man began to, began to run with the oil. Young people, the Holy Ghost is needing you to run with the oil. He don't need you looking around. He don't need you looking and judging people with judging eyes. He needs you to go find somebody and lay your hands on them and begin to pray because the young man, the young person ran with the oil if you need if you need healing come to the front we're going to pray for you right now they're going to sing if you don't have your hands on somebody either find somebody or lift your hands up right now we're going to pray that God would have his way, and I'm going to get out of the way. Lord, let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation right now to the edifying of your body. By the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus. We loose the gift of faith in this house. God, you said whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound on heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Lord, by your word, we loose the gift of faith. God, let it begin to touch. Let it begin to heal. Let virtue begin to flow in this place. We loose it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I can't move yet. Somebody needs to lift up their voice and begin to cry and travail. Somebody needs to lift up their voice and be led by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, let every yoke be broke. In the name of Jesus, oh God, begin to push people. Oh God, to move. Let people yield in their conviction. Let people come and repent. Hallelujah. Let's obey the Holy Ghost as they sing.
Hallelujah. Feeling something in the Holy Ghost. If you choose not to come up, that, that is on you. I felt the Lord impressed on me. I asked somebody, maybe you've been away from God for a long time or Maybe you walked away from him for a season of your life. If you've never been baptized and God's been dealing with you that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, don't wait. If that's you, will you please come to the front right now? If you don't have the Holy Ghost and you're having trouble believing for the Holy Ghost, will you lift your hand right now? Is there anybody? Again, you're not hurting me. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to be that guy. God's not done here today. And I, I, I could walk off and leave, go back home. That's fine. But I'm not just satisfied by normal church. And so if you're hungry for something from God, I want you to walk up right now and lift your hands. Whether you're at the way back of the church, can I tell you God can heal you where you're at? Can I tell you God can touch you right where you're sitting? I know there's weariness in this place. I know this church has been fighting some things. But can I tell you, they were sitting when God filled them with the Holy Ghost. There's some people in this place, you're too weary to even get up and walk up to the front. But can I tell you, God can touch you right where you're at. I don't know if, it, if it's a marriage that God needs to mend. I don't know if it's a disease that the doctors say is incurable. I don't know, but, but the, for the past couple weeks, me and my wife, we've been traveling. And usually I don't do this because it's not me, it's God. Last Sunday, or Sunday before last, I can't quite remember, we was in a church, and they believed this lady had lung cancer. She had history of it in her family. She already has a lot of health problems, COPD and things like that, breathing problems. And they found a mass on her lung last Sunday. And she was going back to the doctor this past week and was going to see if it was cancer. And prayed for, prayed the prayer of faith over Brother Carson. Left. I didn't know if God was going to heal her. I believed, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know if God was going to heal her. I had faith. I just knew God could. So I spoke that word as if he already did with us and the ministers if we prayed for that lady. I got a text from the pastor's son a couple days ago saying, they can't find the mass. It's gone. Can I tell you God can touch you? Can I tell you God ain't scared of your cancer like you're scared of your cancer? Can I, God's not scared of diabetes. God's not scared of a broken marriage. God's not scared of what's fighting you. And if you need to be healed, lift up your hands right now. We're going to pray one more time. There's a man at that same church last year I went, and he had nerve damage in his back. He went every year to get it cauterized in his lower back. He was a carpenter, and he had worked for years. And, and he was old. He's tall, man, about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, 
old, old man, and we began to pray. Nobody touched him. Nobody laid their hand on him. But when we began to pray the prayer of faith, God touched that man's back two weeks prior, Brother Devin. Before we ever even went there, that man's doctor died. And he was fixing to have to go back to get it cauterized. And his doctor, he had been using for 20 years, every year, died two weeks before he was supposed to get it cauterized, brother. And we spoke the word of faith. And when we did, God healed him. He lifted up his hands and we began to pray. I was in the pulpit. I wasn't even laying hands on people. And God touched that man. He said he felt heat run through his body and his lower back. He's standing up straight. He has no pinched nerves in his back. God touched him. But my question to you is, I'm going to leave here in a few minutes. You don't need me to have revival. You don't need a special preacher to have revival. But can I tell you, when the word of faith is in the place God can touch and heal and fill with the Holy Ghost, we're going to pray the prayer of faith one more time. And whatever, if you have a healing in your, if you need a healing, if you have a disease and infirmity in your body right now, be honest, lift up your hands right now. Let's pray right now. I want to ask something unorthodox. Can we stop the music for just a moment? If that's okay. We can start it back here in a second. But I want you to pray with me. If you're believing with me, God's going to touch and heal. Lord, by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, we speak the Word of faith. God, to loose peculiar and creative miracles. Oh God, I pray right now, God, against every cancer in the body. Lord, we speak right now, oh God, against nerve damage. Oh God, we speak against bulging discs. Oh God, in people's backs. Oh God, we speak against every manner of blood disease. We speak against it. Oh God, we pray against spinal unalignment. God, let their spines be aligned in the name of, we pray against Against blindness, receive your sight in the name of Jesus. We loose the word of the Lord. Be healed. Say it. I'm healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed in the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to lift up your voice. Don't listen to me. You need to lift up your voice right now. Make it real in your world. Begin to say, Lord, I'm healed. Make it your prayer. God, I'm healed. I receive it. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. As they begin to play and sing one last time. Hallelujah. I'm fixing to step down and I'm fixing to walk out here in a few minutes. But let's praise God right now like he's healed us. Let's praise him like he's loosed us. I know you've had a long week and you're tired and it's a Sunday morning. Hallelujah. But somebody needs to let a praise come out of you. Somebody needs to let a shout come out of you. I speak it. God has healed some people. You're going to go to the doctor this week and they're not going to find it. You're going to go for surgery and cut you open and they're not going to find it. There's healing that's been loose. There's power that's been loose. You need to let a dance come out of you. You need to let a shout come out of you. He said it's finished. You're healing. It's finished. In the name of Jesus. Let's worship the Lord.
surely visited this place. Amen. We are such a blessed people. If this is your first time, or you haven't gone to the meet and greet, there is some things that's been set up to have fellowship, some food. We want you to go back. It's straight back through the prayer room. And on the right side, the door is open somebody to lead you. If you have not got acquainted with, with the leadership, we want to connect with you today. We want to welcome you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you for every sign, wonder, and miracle. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word and your people, God. And Father, as we go, God, I pray ahead about those things you have given, those things you have sown in your people. We praise you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, be, you can be dismissed.